folks. I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you're listening to the podcast Small Package. Give me a hold, buddy. Oh! Hey, everybody. Hello. It, it's Curry here with your boy. It's me. It's Bob Figgity. It's me. And today on a small package show, we've got the results from uh, Backlash. That was Backslash. We've got the results from NXT TakeOver Chicago. Oh. We got Monday Night Raw and SmackDown to talk about in a whole. Yeah, that's a good one. All that. Ammo. Today. On a small package show. It's small package. The talk is about to begin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's small package time. Mm-hmm. We are rapidly approaching our 50th episode. Mm-hmm. It's too bad that it didn't coincide with the one-year anniversary. It would have been a blowout. Mm-hmm. Might have had Gabe Ross come on twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, backslash happened. Mm-hmm. I somehow won predictions. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a fucking crazy turn of events this pay-per-view was mm-hmm. so many people that loved it so many people that hated it mm-hmm. so many people that went they did it mm-hmm. the crazy bastards did it mm-hmm. Jinder Mahal mm-hmm. now has the same belt that has adorned the waist of John Cena Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. Brett the Hitman Hart mm-hmm. that Chris guy that we don't talk about mm-hmm so, I think that we should only, it's only fair that we open up the conversation today with Jinder Mahal mm-hmm. in the Jinder Mahal of Fame. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Jinder Mahal to the Jinder Mahal of Fame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Breeze opened up the show with Aiden English mm-hmm. at Backslash. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He won. It's funny because you said Tyler Breeze. Sorry, I, I couldn't. Oh, I, I couldn't do mm-hmm's anymore. Sorry, I couldn't. I, I couldn't go the whole show. I was a genuine. I was a genuine. A goof. A gift gaff goof. Ty Dillinger. I can't read my own fucking sloppy handwriting here. Ty Dillinger opened the show with eight English. It was good. Good match for what it was. Kickoff show. Ty with the win. Uh, Ziggles and Nakamura opened up the show, like the main card. Yeah, I was a little disappointed in the match, dude. They, this is this is WWE being stupid. This is WWE being so fucking stupid. Are you as per usual? Are you speaking to that match or just everything? To that match? Yeah, I kind of thought because they spent four weeks building up Nakamura, the artist. They didn't let him in the ring. They didn't let him do shit. So to the casual WWE audience, they're building up this guy they don't know who can't really talk. Not much. To yeah. be this like, okay. He's a badass. They're giving the hype. And then badass. what was that fucking match? It was Ziggler like stomping him down for 15 minutes. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was How a, are you supposed to like, even, like it, it, the smart booking would have been. Ding, 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 Kinshasa, one, two, three. That would have been crazy. 
Yeah. That would have sold him as like a legit contender. And if you do something to where Ziggler is caught off guard by it, it doesn't also completely deflate Ziggler if you want to continue the feud. Like if like Ziggler, if you pull like a Daniel Bryan Sheamus WrestleMania a few years ago where he was looking off to the side. But uh, like, it's I just. Agree. They booked Ziggler just too strong in the match. Which is stupid. How do you try to build up this guy's being a badass and then have him struggle to get through goddamn Ziggler. Yeah, that's fair. He looked like a fucking dweeb out there. Yeah, no, I I think that it was a little more even than that, but because I don't think that Ziggler was dominating him. Yeah, but still, but it's still. fucking Ziggler. Sure. I mean, you, you should look. He's a jobber to the stars, right. not a legit contender to the stars. Sure. Sure. So that match, hey, what can you say? It happened. Speaking of crazy booking decisions, also, Zayn beats Corbin. Yeah. Who seemed like he was had a rocket strapped to his back. Yeah, I mean, I was just criticizing Zayn's booking last week mm-hmm. as him looking like a dweeb. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if this is the match he should have won. No. Honestly, it's... It's a little confusing because it's a throwaway pay-per-view match that kind of kills Corbin a little bit because he's been looking dominant. Right. He's He's never really won the the big one, but he's never really lost the big one. Sure. And he never looks weak. And granted, you know, you could say, okay, he caught him with the Huluva kick out of nowhere. And that's how he got him. I don't think that it like ruins. It's not like Zane dominated him. Or squashed him, but still, it's a little confusing to see Corbin lose to Sami Zayn. Who, when did he win a singles match last? I don't remember. Is if you have to think too hard, it's been too long. But uh, good for Sami though. I mean, then to jump ahead a little bit, yeah. Sami then does fucking make Corbin job out to him on the next. On the next on SmackDown, mm, I'm okay with that the, match. Went on like 20 seconds. The SmackDown thing, I'm actually even more okay with because it's like, okay, you caught him in a surprise roll up. No, he, he didn't. You Haluva kicked him like right as the bell rang. It was. It started off with the kick. Yeah, pretty much. That's weird. I missed the kick. Yeah, That's no, how quick he got the kick it. In. It wasn't a like a little surprise thing. That's even worse. Although Corbin did beat him down afterwards, yeah. but. It's weird. The the booking has been a little bizarre. We're just I'm not gonna be too concerned with the order here. Uh the the heel women won. Uh which I called because I said they'll do there's some dumb. stupid decision WWE has to make, yeah. and this will be the one that they make a stupid decision on. Oh, but <laughs> I mean <laughs> they made plenty. I, I knew they'd make plenty, but I knew that this would be one of them. So weird because it's like why why do you want I why mean, make Becky tap out to Natty. So weird. I don't know. And I don't know where they're going with this. And we'll, we'll get to uh, where the women are going once we get to SmackDown. Uh, we'll, we'll breeze through this. Speaking of breeze, now I'm to the actual match that Tyler Breeze was in. Uh, the fashion police. Interesting Brizongo. to note that uh, Meltzer gave this two and a half stars, but I thought it was like match of the night. Uh, I thought match of the night was probably KO Styles. But I, I was very thoroughly entertained by Brizongo versus. This is probably Rusev. the most entertaining match overall. We, I thought of the night we got. It was we got a replay of Thursday's or t- Thursday, the previous Tuesday's fashion files. Uh huh. 
uh, followed by them coming to the ring and Bree still dressed as the janitor. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, granted, that should have been a disqualification. Yeah, yeah. So, but I the first the first mop altercation where he fell back over the mop. Sure, I'm fine. The second one where he stuck the mop in his face. That yes, should have probably been a DQ. Yes. Uh, however, the fact that you had like JBL, the person is shitty and everything, and then whatever. Sure, sure. Uh, however, JBL was on point during that match. He was constantly being like, "Who's the janitor? Like, who is?" It was this? it was awesome. And when he was like, "And then why is there a grandmother in the ring? She should. There should be a grandmother in a WWE ring, right?" And then, and then there's the part where Breeze is like looking over at Fandango. He's like, "It's me, Dango. Don't worry, trust it's me." It's me. <laughs> like, oh my god. I definitely agree that it was the most entertaining the, the, spot the of the roll, night. The rolling spot to avoid. Oh the my splashes god! Where he kept rolling across the ring. I'm assuming most of the people who listen to the show have already watched the pay-per-view or are going to watch it themselves but for those of you who didn't and aren't going to have the time i mean just amazing work by tyler breeze in this match in the like goofy face that's still getting over and he just kept rolling out of the way which also in kayfabe is the most goddamn sense i've ever seen made in a match of all time like if you see the guy going to the top rope you just you roll to the other side of the ring he goes over and gets on the next turnbuckle you roll back it made perfect sense and now it has ruined every time i see someone take a frog splash for the rest of my life i'm gonna go the guy's eyes are open why didn't he just roll just instinct roll anyway uh so that was i mean brizongo lost i think they're gonna keep pushing the feud obviously they did more on smackdown with them i think that they're gonna push that until new day comes back and maybe the new day will turn heel whoa <laughs> yeah. uh kevin owens and styles um, great match. It was good. It was good. I'm, I'm okay with the ending. I think kayfabe. It's a way to not make AJ look weak while giving Kevin Owens the the win. Yeah, yeah. It still still allows Kevin to keep being the title holder without giving anyone a loss. And I think it was really. an interesting way to do a countout because I have no problem with countouts. I've heard people say online that they're sick of the WWE crowd doing all the chants, but the one that they're the most angry at is the 10 for the 10 count. Okay. Because it, it takes away from the inherent, like the buildup of the suspense of the count because sometimes they don't get back in. I just was watching, rewatching a bunch of uh, old WCW Nitro. Uh-huh. Now granted, a lot of the Nitro was just kind of not great, but there was a Benoit, uh, Eddie Guerrero match. This is maybe two weeks after that bash at the beach where Hogan turned heel. Uh-huh. And it was amazing because they have this knockdown drag out fight and it ends with both of them on the outside. They aren't even paying attention to the rest count and they're just beating the shit out of each other. And the ref's like six and the crowd's like, come on, come on. Because uh, Benoit was the heel. They're like, Eddie, get back in the ring. It's like seven. And the crowd's chanting along like, get in the ring, eight. And at that point, Eddie realizes the count does a standing drop kick on Benoit, slides in the ring at nine. Benoit gets to his feet, gets to the apron, 10. He's counted out. That's a great way to end a match. And it doesn't really make Benoit look terrible. And Eddie wins. And I like the fact that AJ was counted out and that he got his foot caught in. I've never Mm -hmm. seen that before. Cool way to do it. I wish the crowd would stop chanting 10 for every fucking 10 count. And also, I wish that 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 spot had happened maybe five minutes later. 
a little bit more of the match. I felt like we had just really got momentum going in the match, and it started to really pick up steam, mm-hmm. and then a count out. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Uh, in what is probably the biggest match of the night, Harper defeated Rowan. It happened. Also, he looked at his mask. Don't know why. We don't really get anything out of that. I have no idea what in the fuck that feud is even about. Which is Mm. right because... So why is it on a pay-per-view? If you remember, Bray was turning on Rowan. No, Luke. No, Bray was turning on Rowan as well. Oh, yeah. Right before he got pushed over to Raw. Right, right. So like... Now Rowan and Luke are fighting. Like you mm. think they would have like been like, "Whoa, we're both got our I, leader just yeah. kind of fucking left." Like I completely forgot about that because I was thinking about how he pushed Luke out of the family for Randy, who then betrayed him. Sure, yeah, and then he was also turning on Rowan right at the end there, and like not going in to save him and all that. What just a weird pay per view. So that is everything up to the main event, and uh, man. Jinder and Orton had a pretty had a pretty solid match. Honestly, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad match. Orton phoned it in a lot less than I thought he would. In the in, I mean, like his phoning in was less. He he actually showed up to fight. Sometimes when Orton knows he's going to lose the match and drop a title to somebody, he kind of just shows up and is like, "Eh, I'm here. Let's do some spots." Mm-hmm. He was in it. Uh, when he almost killed one of the Singh brothers was fucking hilarious. That face he made oh, yeah, when he made the oh, broke character for a second over rotated. I don't know if that was on him or Singh. I mean, he gave Singh some fucking air on that yeah, toss. Dude. Uh, he probably wasn't. I mean, honestly, like Singh's a cruiserweight. He's yeah. in the CWC. Like Orton's probably not used to dealing with guys that small. That's probably true, man. Don't ever shake Randy Orton's hand if you meet him, Bob. He might accidentally send you to the fucking moon. Uh, it was a good match, uh, and the ending was dope. You know, you got the Singh brothers were draped for a double DDT, and he comes up with the what is that? Is it a is it a, a Cobra Clutch Slam? Is that his move? What? Oh, Jinder's yeah. finisher. I don't I know what the name what of they it call is. it though. I don't know what the name of it is. Um, but he he won and. Him and his back knee that Kayla couldn't stop looking at uh, won. And he's the champion. He's the 50th WWE title holder of all time. Is that true? Yeah. That is bonkers. Somebody somebody actually set up online. There's a really cool uh, chart that they made. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if you pitted the top 25 holders with the second 25 holders... Mm-hmm. In matches, what matchups you'd get? Really? That if you could find that, that would be interesting. Some of fun. them are like, okay, whatever. Sure. Some of them are like, whoa, that would be really good. And some of them are like, that would be miserable. <laughs> uh, While you look for that real quick, did you get a chance to see um, Takeover Chicago? Some most of it. Did you see uh, Eric Young versus Roderick Strong? No. That was the first match of the night. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a pretty good match. Um, I mean, the whole takeover card was, was very well done, which putting it, like, just a, juxtaposing it next to Backlash, it was just sort of a little embarrassing for, for 
the main roster. Yeah, because uh, I mean, the average for NXT Takeover mm-hmm. stars was like four. It was amazing, and the average for WW for Backlash was like two seven five. Uh, so uh, Roderick Strong won, and it was a it was an interesting moment. Sanity that that stable has such an interesting dynamic and entrance and demo is in it and it's just it is a it is a really cool group they did a lot of cool stuff uh with roderick strong and eric young uh and then tyler Bate was a, a going against pete dunn for the wwe united kingdom championship match you saw this match correct oh i saw the uk match yeah it what? was match. in <laughs> an absurd number of false finishes uh that they let them have, and most of them, bar barring maybe the first handful, most of them, I was completely just like this. This has to be the finish, and then a kick out. Uh, Done one with uh, his move, the bitter end. <coughs> um, so now he has the championship. That dude's like grills that he wears during the match is also really creepy. Um, Next, we had Asuka versus Ruby Wright and Nikki Cross in a triple threat match because Ember Moon was actually legitimately injured. Uh, did you see the women's match? No, I did not. Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, Asuka did a running knee smash uh, and pinned both women simultaneously to retain the title. Uh, she's looking real strong. I can't wait for her to come to the main roster. Um, and then... Uh, <coughs> Bobby Roode defended the NXT Championship against Hideo Itami. Did you see this match? Yes. Uh, I thought it was a, a, a very cool match. It was great. Um, a lot of fun. It was really solid performance. Uh, Roode countered a, a go-to-sleep uh, on Itami and performed two consecutive glorious DDTs, um, which, was, which was just... It was incredible watching. I mean, he didn't even, I don't even think he let go after the first one. He just immediately rolled into another one. Mm-hmm. Um, great match. Bobby Roode retains. And then the main event, Authors of Pain defending the NXT Tag Team Championships against DIY. Wow. What an incredibly just I haven't gotten to this one match. Either. You haven't watched it yet? No. Well, you know who wins. Yes, I know what happens. <laughs> so Authors of Pain do wind up retaining. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure that they wound up ending the match with uh, the Super Collider while on top of ladders. I'm pretty sure was how they ended it. Uh, and then you also heard about what happened after the match. Uh, Ciampa turned on Gargano uh, while they were on the stage. It was absolutely nuts. Um, just a Just a great performance and a great... Uh, pay-per-view, you know, uh, NXT really knows how to put, uh, on these, these takeovers, man. And, uh, I can't wait till the next one comes to New York. I really want to try to get tickets to it. I mean, they just, the crowd just seems great. Uh, do you, you have that thing pulled up? Yeah. So this is if the first 25 WWE champs fought the second. Yeah. 25. So one verse 26, two verse 27. Et sure, cetera. sure. So as we all know, number one, Buddy Rogers, nature boy, Buddy Rogers. Mm-hmm. Versus number 26, Vince McMahon. <laughs> That's so goofy. <laughs> uh, number 22, uh, or number two, Bruno San Martino versus 27, Big Show. Okay, that'd be, that'd be a little bit different. Bruno's a stocky boy. 
three Ivan Koloff versus twenty-eight Kurt Angle. Neat. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Four Pedro Morales versus twenty-nine Chris Jericho. Huh. Okay. Sure. Five Stan Stasic mm-hmm. versus thirty Brock Lesnar. Oh well, that's unfortunate for Stan because. Brock, do do people repeat on this list, or is it just the number of like the? the yeah, no, it's just once you, the first time you get it, that's you it. become that sure. number. Sure, uh, that's why only fifty people like the hand, the titles changed more than fifty I, times. I have but figured only fifty people have hold it, held it. I have fig- I figured a little bit. Um, because like John Cena's only on here once. John Cena versus John Cena. Um. Six superstar Billy Graham versus thirty-one Eddie Guerrero. That match would be fucking incredible. Yes, so it would. so far that is the one that is on this list that makes me the most like hyped to think about it happening because I imagine them having a great match and then Eddie doing like a cheat move and Billy Graham kicking out and Eddie just st- sitting there and hearing. Could you imagine? Like he hits him with a, with like a brass knuckles or something, tosses in the crowd. The ref wasn't looking. He looks back. He pins him one, two, and then Billy kicks out, and Eddie sits up with the wide eyes, and you just hear Jr. going, and he's got to be thinking, what do I got to do to put away superstar Billy Graham? Amazing. Keep going. Let's let's. Get, I'm getting into this. Uh, number seven, Bob Backlund mm-hmm. versus number thirty-two, JBL. Ooh, that'd be a weird. That'd be a weird one. I feel like. Uh, this one would be great. Number okay. eight, Iron Sheik versus thirty-three, John Cena. <laughs> that one's just—that's a waste of John Cena's. What that is, the Sheik one is sort of weird. It's still—it's interesting, but however, the really interesting to note: mm-hmm. uh, everyone mentioned so far has won the title before John Cena, that the WWE true. title, though, no. not the World Heavyweight. Sure, because that's that's what eras of wrestling were involved with. But, sure. Sure. I mean, Lesnar had it before him, you know, he won it his first time off of JBL. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, number nine, Hogan verse 34 edge. Ooh, shit. That'd be, that'd be weird. 10 Andre, the giant neat versus 35. Rob Van Dam. That would be such a like that match would be crazy because I imagine that RVD would, would set up insane spots. Oh, for just it. crazy. The craziest spots. And I imagine that the finish of that match in my head is Andre being like woozy on like one knee. Like he was grounded. Rob goes up for like a five star frog splash. And that all of a sudden Andre starts to get up. And Rob's like, okay, I'm just going to do like a flying knee. And then as he jumps, Andre just catches him midair, like one armed, full body catches him, and then then goes into the body slam. One, two, three. Fantasy booking this in my own. Uh-huh. This is fun. Uh, number eleven, Randy Savage oh, versus yeah. number thirty six, CM Punk, Randy Orton. Ooh, the battle of the Randys. If it had been CM Punk, that would have been fucking insane. No, his matchup is is like, you're going to get a boner. I'm excited. <laughs> the Battle of the Randys, who do you think would win? Macho Man or, or Orton? <sighs> That's a tough one. Those are both WWE company men right there. Mm, take you to the danger zone, Randy Orton. 
Um, 12 Ultimate Warrior versus 37 Jeff Hardy. A battle of just the psychopaths. My God. Imagine them both coming out and, and like Jeff Hardy as like Enigma Jeff Hardy, mm-hmm. a, a charismatic Enigma, and a warrior just coming out to the ring. I mean, Warrior's not going to do the high flying spots that Jeff Hardy will, but both of them would just be. Imagine them just, it's just a promo battle. We actually got one of these matches. No I way. Think. Um, so the next one 13, Sergeant Slaughter versus 38, Batista. Mm, okay. I think Batista would probably wind up winning 14, that one. The Undertaker Neat. versus 39, Sheamus. <laughs> That's the one that got away, Bob. The WrestleMania uh, match that uh, could have been. This one would be the battle of the promos. Yeah. 15, Ric Flair Woo! versus 40, The Miz. <laughs> hey, dude, they both do the figure four. And here is the one that you're going to pop a boner for, but it's not the one that is the most highly anticipated on this list, according to the average squared circle user. Sure. This is number 16, Bret Hart, versus number 41, CM Punk. My God. (laughs) Could you imagine that match? Bret Hart in his prime. Versus, versus CM, CM Punk in, in his, his prime. prime. Fucking hell. The promos, the buildup for that feud would be in fucking sane. And I imagine Punk just going like full unsanctimonious, just like like what he did with the Undertaker feud, like him like burning a Canadian flag. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That would have been insane. Uh, 17, Yokozuna versus 42, Rey Mysterio. <laughs> well... Sure. The top comment on the thread is Mysterio vs. Yokozuna basically sums up Ray's world title career. Yeah. Uh, 18 Diesel vs. 43 Alberto Del Rio. That's a snoozer. And here's the match the average squared circle user is most excited for. Number 19, Shawn Michaels versus 44, Daniel Bryan. Wow. That would have been insane. (laughs) Fuck, dude. It's almost depressing to think that we will never see anything like that. But fuck. Real good, though. That would be insane. There's more, though. 20, Sid versus 45, Seth Rollins. (laughs) Okay, sure. 21, Stone Cold versus 46, Roman Reigns. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Imagine Roman hitting Stone Cold with two spears and then getting up and, like, preparing for a third spear. And, like, imagine how loud the thunder comes up. How loud the boos are. Like, everyone's ready to burn the place down. And then when he gets ready for the spear, he just gets... Kicked in the dick and Stone Cold stunned one two three and the place just erupts and then fucking Stone Cold the drinks beers just wail down. He just drinks two hundred beers. He just doesn't leave the ring. Uh, this is the match I think that actually happened. Twenty two Kane versus forty seven Dean Ambrose. I'm sure that they fought sometime in the ring. Like it, they had to have at some point had, if not a singles match, something tag team. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, this would be an amazing match. 23 The Rock versus 48 AJ Styles. Oh, man. Electrifying. Phenomenally electrifying. You could see the headlines. Uh, he could still do it, too. That's not something that's completely out of the realm, although Rock doesn't have the same caliber match. The Rock never actually had, like, amazing Yeah, no, The Rock's in-ring, premi- in-ring abilities were never It was just exciting. Notch. It was always exciting. Yeah. Like when he took the camera and, from he, the guy. and he could definitely sell well. Oh, yeah. He could t- take bumps. Dude, when he took the camera in the Stone Cold match, that, that moment was insane. I don't know if you ever remember that. It's an older, way no, older pay per view. I have not seen that. Uh, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a WrestleMania. I want to say it was like a, a smaller, non big four pay per view around uh, X7, the WrestleMania. Uh, and he at some point has Stone Cold on the, ta- the announce table. And takes the camera from the camera guy and is like, look at his candy ass. It's pretty fun. Anyway, is there more of them? Uh, 24? Is that what we're on now? Yeah. So this match, mm-hmm. both men in their prime would be great. Mm-hmm. 24 Mankind Neat. versus 49 Bray Wyatt. Huh. That would be very interesting, especially because you can't really break mankind, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming Triple H is 25. And you know who 50 is? Gender? Yeah. Wait, but then, oh, but the Universal title is not included in this. What? I was waiting for Finn Balor to be in that list. Yeah, but this no. Is- Huh. This is the WWE belt. Chinder versus And trips. because Weak. and because uh Randy Orton was already listed, he's not mentioned again in between Wyatt and Jinder. Gotcha. <sighs> well, that's that's that very interesting factoid from whoever that was on Reddit. Let's is give there, him credit. Is there I'll credit to credit. this person? Sure. Uh thank you for compiling that list for us. The PA system. The user PA system. the PA system. Thank you so much. Uh, so we'll quickly get through Raw. Um, open up with Finn Balor making a pay, uh, big, you know, announcement uh, about, you know, or not an announcement, just a promo cutting on everybody. Uh, Paul Heyman interrupts him and says that basically he thinks Paul Heyman thinks and Brock Lesnar thinks that Finn Balor is going to win, uh, which I believe is them leading up to Balor Lesnar. That's my gut call on the extreme rule yeah match. and honestly that's what i said that they should do sure. and it also makes the most sense that balor would get a rematch since he's the one who's first owed one yep i mean everything um, in that makes so sense. and um, it'll probably it. it'll probably push through the other feuds uh bray i'm i'm assuming will keep fucking with finn balor in the build-up to lesnar and i think that that'll be the feud after lesnar well they'll continue finn balor versus uh, Lesnar and you know bring out the demon Finn Balor again um, it was fine little promo segment um, but we'll see how it goes uh, so uh, Alexa Bliss fought uh, Mickey James and wound up hitting her with a kendo stick in the lead up to uh Bailey and Alexa's kendo stick in a pole match. Uh, 
What else happened? Uh, Elias Sampson got a match with uh, Dean Ambrose. Non-title match. Miz on commentary. Uh, Elias Sampson looked good in the ring. Uh, I, I couldn't tell if I was upset that they were making Dean look like he was getting beat up or if they're just building Elias Sampson for some reason. I think they were just making him look strong. He's big. I mean, He's- yeah, that was... That was- I, th- I was. It made me mm-hmm. interested in him. Yeah, no, it definitely. And I mean, interest. as a guy who doesn't really watch NXT, doesn't really follow that. Sure. I mean, I kind of know who Elias Sampson is, but not really. I sure. don't think I've ever seen a match of his. Sure. But this was the first time I've seen him really go, and I'm I'm interested in him. I'm curious to see where this is going with them. So. Miz in the second moment of the weekend, uh, or the last few days, that made me go, "Why doesn't this happen forever in kayfabe?" made Dean Ambrose lose the match by hitting Elias Sampson. And Sampson looked like he wasn't even mad about it. Because it wasn't like he beat up Sampson. He yeah, simply no, just hit like him once. Slapped him. Uh, which cost Dean the match and gave Elias a win in his debut. Uh, and I'm like, why don't people do that more to, uh, you know, quote unquote, affect the record of their opponent? I get maybe if it's the match going into, was the, this wasn't a go-home well, was it? No, because we just had backlash in a go home. I get beating down your opponent because you want them to be weak going into your match. Mm -hmm. But in general, it seems like it'd make more sense to cost your opponent the match. If wins and losses matter. Yeah. I I mean, Uh, we don't know who beat up Enzo Amore. That happened. Enzo got beat up. Uh, Bray Wyatt cut a promo about being the one who's going to take on uh, Lesnar. Uh, we had uh, Titus uh, and Apollo Crews uh, against, uh, or it was Apollo Crews versus Kalisto, right? That was the match. Yeah, because Kalisto was all like, how could you beat up Enzo? He's like, yeah. I did it! Uh, so that happened. Uh, we found out. Well, hey, Titus Brand has his own popcorn now, according to Instagram. Proceeds go to charity. Matt Hardy and Sheamus had an okay match because they need more matches. I fucking hate how they're just they're just doing. I hate it. Like, how hey, they, we got the Hardys back. Let's just have them feud with these guys. And it's like, it's fine. It's fine to have. It's great to have interactions between people who are feuding, not at the pay-per-view. It's fine to have. Matt Hardy, you're not Jeff Hardy in the match. It's fine to have a match or a match, you know, in between pay-per-views between two people in a feud, especially if it doesn't end in a, in a clean finish. But they just keep having, you know, these people who are in feuds together constantly fight on TV for free. And it's like, don't do that. Why Why are you having them fight six times before they fight at the pay-per-view? We've already seen it. Uh, but anyway. Actually, it's really funny. Um, the WWE game gets WWE booking perfectly. Yeah. So I get put into a feud with Roman Reigns. The next two weeks... I don't touch him at all, and for some reason, he's also not even on the show, so I can't even like run in and interfere with his matches sure. or anything. And then the week leading up to the pay-per-view, I have to fight him on both Raw and SmackDown, and then the pay-per-view. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's so WWE, though. I was like, <laughs> wow. 
You, you perfected never, it. You never answered me. Who won in the clone match between you and other Bob? Oh, I mean, I did, but... Well, but did you, the controlled yeah, one, yes, win? Yes, obviously. The controlled one won. Yes. Uh, I tried to start a tag team with you because there's the, like, the crossover feature where you can have your friend's career characters show up. And I tried to help you out in as many matches as I could, but I never got you into my character enough to actually form a tag team. That and makes sense. It was sad. Uh, so Matt Hardy won and revealed that the stipulation for the tag team title match at Extreme Rules we thought would be ladders again. Uh, I mean, they're the Hardys. And also a small little smidgen in me, uh, in me thought maybe this would be them being like, it's going to be a weird pre-taped compound match. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but it's a steel cage, and that's fine. Uh, also, I mean, I have my problems with cage matches in general. Sure, with but- the door. But I don't know with a tag team because it's probably going to be Tornado unless they make them tag, which sounds <laughs> you have to just sit on the top of the <laughs> <laughs> sounds so silly. Uh, I doubt I think they'll probably won't do the door bit as much in a tag steel cage. Right. Match. Otherwise, you could just have like your teammate run out as long as it doesn't end know. with a pinfall. The worst thing for me is a cage match that ends in a pinfall. I mean, I'm fine with that. I'd rather have a submission than a pinfall. But, but I mean, you're also like kind of trapped in a cage. Like, yeah, well. That's kind of the point is that you're like supposed to be fighting. That's uh, the purpose of the cage. Also, the fucking... Uh, okay, Kendo's sticking a pole match. Fine. Steel cage, normal. Uh, the Fatal Five Way will make it... No, extreme rules. Extreme rules. Uh, but the one that makes the least sense to me at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view is... Miz versus Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental Championship. If Ambrose is disqualified, he loses the title. Yeah. So and I extreme mean, rules. Anyway, that, that kind of also paints the story how it's going to go. Sure. Um, it's going to be goading Ambrose into disqualifying himself or something. Uh, Alicia Fox got some more time in her feud with Sasha Banks. Yay, Alicia Fox. Uh, so hey. I mean, you know? She didn't get the win, but yay, Alicia Fox. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much it. I can't remember anything else happened on Raw that Fuck matters. It. Um, it ended with a generic tag team. What? It ended with a generic tag team. Oh, right. It was uh, what? Wyatt and Samoa Joe versus Roman Seth. Yeah. So that was what it was. Uh, SmackDown even quicker because not that much. It felt like even happened. Uh, established the money in the bank match. So they they immediately open up by by announcing that Baron Corbin, uh, Sami Zayn, Sami Nakamura, Ziggler, AJ Styles, AJ Styles, and then Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens winds up getting added in because he bitches. Um, and Randy Orton's getting his rematch against Jinder. That was also announced for uh, Money in the Bank. Yeah, so I guess that means Rusev's not getting a shot at the title of Money in the Bank. Who knows? Or unless maybe he gets written into it. Yeah, unless something happens. A or something. Yeah, if something happens and, and he wants to take in a spot in there, it's fine. Uh, but, you know, I don't know, man. It, you know, we had uh, the fashion police had an amazing segment uh, backstage. I thought it was great with, uh, with uh, Shane. Shane, Shane McMahon. Um, you know, they came in to turn in their badges. Uh, I thought that was, that was pretty fun. Um, it was an interesting segment. Uh, and then they wind up 
beating the Usos in quick singles matches and then get one to put in, in a tag team championship match and lose. But still a great match. I yeah. thought it was a great match. It was good. Uh, and Baron Corbin loses to Sami Zayn in, another, in a quick match that we mentioned, but then absolutely destroys. Destroys yeah, Sami Zayn. Post-match beatdown. It was a good post-match beatdown. Uh, there was a women's something that happened. I cannot for the life it of me. It was a tag match, I think. It was, it was Becky Charlotte versus Natty Carmella. I think so. It it happened. I can um, say that much. Yeah, and then they establish a women's number one contender right. match for the next week on SmackDown. So we're gonna have all. We're gonna have basically everyone but Naomi. Yeah, every everyone in a but fight. Naomi, and then for the number one contender, and then uh, whoever wins that will fight a title match at uh, Money, Money in the, the Bank. Bank. Uh, there was a there was a rumor going around that they were going to announce a women's uh, Money in the Bank match. I don't know how they're going to do that if they're having the championship match as well. I feel like four women in the maybe they'll call somebody up. Who knows? So here is kind of what's going on right now. Sure. Latest on that uh, as per Meltzer. Sure. Um, he said that there's still a second women's match scheduled for Money in the Bank. Sure. Um, and it might be that it could be sure. However, um, a lot of people online I've seen don't want it, uh, because think about it. Yeah. The concept of a women's money in the bank match is awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. But you're asking Becky and Charlotte who'd probably be okay. Sure. But then Natty and Carmella, to have a ladder match? Sure. Do you really want to put those four women into a ladder match? That's fair. Because you're not going to have the same kind of spots. Because, you have yeah, no, you're not going to be able to have a crazy awesome spots. Carmella's incredibly green as a wrestler in itself, sure. let alone taking nasty ladder spots. Sure. And then who are you going to have win? You, you're going to have Becky be able to take the biggest bump. So that means she's probably not going to win. Sure. I mean, I guess Charlotte could win. Right. But realistically, (laughs) they'd have like Natty like punch Charlotte out at the top and just take the. Sure. I get, but like. Maybe they just. uh, The the concept is. Maybe hang it a little lower so you don't need 20 footers to get it. Maybe you just. Oh, just need the five footers. No. Well, I mean, like maybe like a seven, ten footer. It's like when you drop the basketball hoop down so you can dunk. Yeah, dude. Sure. Uh, Jinder Mahal had a pretty dope ceremony for his title so Um, another thing about that that i read online on uh cage side i believe they have a segment for um just readers to contribute things and um Mm -hmm. this one was a punjabi person giving context to uh jinder mahal and everything because the announcers went crazy at backlash the, the clip the, you sent me? Yeah, the Indian announcers. Yeah. So here's the thing, is that I, according to this guy and according to other people I've read, sure. uh, Punjab is like part of India, mm-hmm. uh, except not like they, they, they weren't really looked favorably on for a while. Sure. And even now they're 
like they're kind of a minority within India itself. Sure. Which is interesting that they have a Punjabi person kind of representing India. It'd be like having a black person represent America, which is sure interesting. You know what I right. mean? What what I'm getting at here? Anyway, um, the point is, mm-hmm. according to the, this guy and other things I've read, is that he's actually been like a great face for India and for Punjab. Mm-hmm. And that celebration that they had on SmackDown was surprisingly very tastefully accurate. Yeah, it was nice. And culturally appropriate. And and those guys are loving it. Those guys online are like, man, it's crazy to see my culture represented on television. It's really cool. And and so you read all these things and you're like, man, that's really cool. But then you're like, at the same time, there's never been a British person with the WWE belt. Mm. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <sighs> uh, so wrestling news. Yeah. What do you got? What do I got? What do you got? What do I got? I don't know what I here, here's yeah. some stuff. Uh, Everyone's recognizing Asuka as having the longest reign now. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, I guess I guess the other time that Asuka broke the reign doesn't count and now does. So um, good job. Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, rumor roundup, is early favorites when Money in the Bank. Uh, they could still put Rusev into it if he's cleared and they want to go in that direction. But um, nothing confirmed about that uh you had told me earlier that they're going to go ahead and call the women's tournament the may young classic i remember having that discussion with you uh-huh. uh also in wwe news uh related news so um not jason agnew uh john pollock from live audio wrestling the law uh, Canadian radio station and podcast that talks about MMA and wrestling. Uh, so he did an interview with Ed. Uh, fuck, I'm forgetting his last name. One of the one of the big shots over at, at Anthem Sports, right? Mm, yeah. uh, he did an interview with him uh, about the state of Impact Wrestling, and of course, the Hardy stuff comes up. And he had said in the interview with uh, John Pollock that. WWE is not interested in buying the Broken Hardy gimmick, which some people were like, okay, maybe that's him either fibbing or downplaying their interest. But he was like, it's also possible that maybe they're not as interested as we thought. Uh, And the more that, well, a lot of people first off were irritated with this interview because the company that owns the law and operates the law is, I think, technically a subsidiary of Anthem Sports. So a lot of people are like, well, of course you're getting this interview mm-hmm. because there's connections between your radio station and this company. And they felt like it was softball. I've always enjoyed listening to John Pollock. Uh, he does the Monday and Tuesday night recaps, review raw and review away with uh, Wei Ting on the law. Always love the show. Um, I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I haven't had a chance to listen since the interview is just going up. Um, 
I hope to check it out. But from the way they talked about how the interview went, he was like, I treated it like any other interview. Didn't give any special treatment. And a lot of news has come out since the interview where the WWE basically, from what everyone is saying, don't want to set the precedent of buying the gimmick rights. They're worried that if they if they set that precedent by spending a lot of money to buy a gimmick out from another company, that it'll make life harder for them in the future. And they'll have to worry about buying out gimmicks from a lot of these smaller companies who could then just put a giant price tag on it. Uh, so what it looks like is, is that the WWE will support Matt Hardy. And if he wins his case, they'll use the gimmick. You know, they'll, they'll license it from Matt Hardy and use it. But they are sort of just staying out of it and not going forward with the broken gimmick officially until this lawsuit is handled between the Hardys and Impact Wrestling slash Anthem Sports. So it's interesting to see that WWE is not just bull rushing in and buying everything out in this situation. They're just sort of taking a step back and seeing how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, New Day made their SmackDown appearance on Talking Smack. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. And uh, they seem like they're ready to ready to rock. It seems like they're interested in uh, going for the titles. So Kofi, Kofi looked good. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. What's up? Here's an interview with uh, the Washington Post and Chris Jericho. Okay. Uh, although he is booked for a couple of shows in Japan. The one-off. For yeah. their upcoming Japanese tour. Um, It'll be a long time before I go back, he said. If I ever do go back, if I never go back, it's fine. If I never wrestle another match, it wouldn't bother me. Wow. That's uh hmm. strong words. Strong, strong words. words, but also Chris Jericho is mm-hmm. notorious for saying things like this. Sure. So who knows? Um, sure, sure. His latest single apparently has three point five million views on YouTube. So have you heard it yet? Judas. Judas. No. It's all right. It's it's kind of rocking. The lyrics are, are so-so, um, but I, I do like the, the music of it. The video, I find, is absolutely just kind of ridiculous. Like At one point, there's like, it's like weird shit happening behind the band while they're playing mm-hmm. the song. And just at one point, people who look like Doink the Clown just start dancing behind him. And it kind of, I lost a little bit, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good song. Not not mad at it. Um <clears throat> Apparently, uh, WWE had plans to have Randy Orton fight Rusev for the title uh, uh-huh. as soon as Backlash, but that uh, the the decision uh, this is on KHI's rumor roundup. They're saying that the decision for ba- to Jinder to win came two hours before show showtime, as per Sports Kita, um, and they're saying that. Uh, there's a lot of people who want Rusev to win Money in the Bank, however. His being pulled from a SmackDown last Tuesday and the title change to Mahal puts all this back in play. Uh, so, who knows? Um, also, I think we talked about this last week. Five Star Wrestling's $1 million offer for CM Punk to wrestle. Yeah, it was apparently a, a, a joke. Not real. Oh. Well, that's 
That's not cool. That's Sorry. unfortunate. Jinder Mahal has a shirt in the WWE store. Yeah, man. You're going to buy it? The modern-day Maharaja? Their, their champion finally has his first piece of merch. Uh, apparently, this is on Sports Kita. WWE released a statement regarding child's death due to wrestling moves. What? Uh, so a couple of... Uh, I'm just going to... I'm reading this off of Sports Kita. Uh-huh. <laughs> a couple are... A young couple are facing charges following the death of Addie Cook, two years old, who had professional wrestling moves performed on her prior to her death. Uh, Fox News says that WWE has released a statement regarding the child's death and wish to see the guilty parties brought to justice. <clears throat> Richard Gamash is the boyfriend of the child's mother, Cheyenne Cook, and is being charged with abuse and neglect of a child resulting in death. Gamash denied the abuse, but later said that the child may have injured her head when he performed a Batista bomb on her, on a two-year-old, which resulted in the child striking her head on a concrete wall near the bed. And uh, he, he text messages show that Gamash had uh, had revealed bruising on the child's head and was saying that they were playing around too much. WD related uh, released a statement: "We are deeply saddened by this tragic death and hope that the guilty parties are brought to justice. There is no excuse or justification for the brutal and ultimately fatal beating of a two-year-old by a grown man. This is a clear case of criminal intent and lack of parental supervision." Um, and you know, WWE is always telling people, "Don't fucking do this at home." So. That's that's fucked. You never want to hear that. Um, Emma didn't need surgery. And it's looking like uh, look like she's going to be back soon. Wrestling observers reporting her shoulder injury wasn't as bad as they feared. She's expected to be able to return by mid-June. So she could be back by by uh, extreme rules or maybe a little after. Uh, so that's cool. I'd be happy to see her put into that title picture, women's title picture on Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you got going on? Um, any other any other things you want to talk about? Adam Cole update. Adam Cole update. What's uh, he doing? He's finished up with Ring of Honor and on the indie scene. Sure. And he's not taking bookings. Okay. Um, Many people are feeling that unless something changes, he'll be in WWE, probably mm-hmm. pushed as a major star on NXT. Sure. Impact is also still making a play for him because they're looking at new hot talent and he's a free agent. Uh, but right now he is not signed with anybody. Sure. So, um, looks like he's probably just kind of enjoying some time off and then going to sign with who he wants to sign with. And I bet who he signs with. Has three letters and two of them are W's. <laughs> Zach Ryder uh, getting back into action. Uh, he's been out since December when he fucked up yeah, his knee. Right as they won. Oh my God. It was oh. so brutal, dude. Uh, but he's been training down at the Performance Center. He tweeted out today, uh, just, just a few hours ago. Uh, hit a rough rider today. First time since my knee exploded in December. Uh, so that's cool. It's glad, I'm glad to hear. That Zack Ryder's getting back into action. It's always a good thing. Uh, and we don't have a pay-per-view this week. We have a week off of it. Uh, Extreme Rules is next weekend or the weekend after? I think it's next weekend. Jesus no, Christ. No, it shouldn't be next weekend. Cause- That's so quickly. Next weekend, Jesus Christ, we're not even... 
We're not even uh, the let's see June third. Is that that's not it? Is it June fourth? Oh shit! Oh my it god! Is it is next weekend. weekend. Well, I can't Fuck. watch it live. Oh, you're gonna be out of town. That's uh, golf ball. I'm gonna be watching uh, Tool. Oh neat. Yeah, Josh. Josh had mentioned golf ball and was like, "Hey, does anyone want to go?" And I was like, "Look, I don't like Tool enough to buy a one day pass for what is it like a hundred bucks?" In all fairness, have you seen the whole lineup from golf ball? Mm. Yeah, I saw it. Dude, it's killer. This there's a year. lot. There's a lot of good stuff. But here's the thing: is that there's not one day of it that got me excited enough to go. I'll spend 125 dollars on this show. Um, it's kind of like there's a little bit on over all three days that I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'd I'd love to see that. But right. it's just too much for me. Friday. Well, so that's why I bought all three days the because pass. it's like 300 bucks. Sure. Which is a lot of money, mm-hmm. but I get to see Chance the Rapper, Lord, Flume, Beach House, Schoolboy Q, Bleachers, Danny Brown, Tough Low. Um, that's Friday. Mm-hmm. Saturday is I mean, Fe- that's just those are the ones you're interested in. That's yeah. not the whole lineup. Uh Saturday is Phoenix, Childish Gambino, Wu Tang Clan, Mark Ronson versus Kevin Parker, mm-hmm. The Head and the Heart, ASAP Ferg. I mean, that's all great. Uh, and then Sunday is Tool, Cage the Elephant, Wiz Khalifa, Logic, Fantagram, Air, Franz Ferdinand, Mac DeMarco. That's all going to be cool, too. Like I said, it's just, it was just like none of the days were to me. No, I, I, could, I could understand. I can understand how none of the days by themselves yeah. would be worth it. Yeah. And um, I, and as a whole, I think it's great. Lineup, sure. and I'm stoked for it, especially since it's like the first tool show in New York City in like 10, 15 years. Yeah, and that's why Josh is going to that one. But like Kayla wouldn't have fun at a concert thing like that, uh, I don't think. So, hey man, but she's still down to go to more of these wrestling shows, and we've got a couple coming up. We're going to tier you, one. You, you know, you can you can do things on your own, right? Yeah, I know. You, um, you know, I do sometimes, right? We're going to tier one on our own. <laughs> Are you mean like on my own, on my own, like by myself with nobody? No, just without Kayla. Without Kayla, we're going to tier one. <laughs> That's a thing. Uh huh. That's on the list. And then we're also well, she is coming on the twenty fifth though for the Evolve show. That's mm-hmm. going to be fucking dope. I cannot wait. Uh yeah, I guess that's it. I don't really have anything else wrestling related other than the fact that Ziggler should yeah, not have a month from today. Ziggler should not have put up as big of a fight on Shinsuke. I I stand with you on that one. Anyway. You want to wrap the show up? You yeah, done? I haven't had dinner yet. Word. Well, because I was waiting to record at been, six and then at seven yeah, and, I then know. At eight, and then at nine. Dude, trust me. American Airlines can eat my fucking ass. They, you know what caused them to be so fucking late? I told you that they, so my yeah, mother-in-law's in town. To reroute. They rerouted because of a storm. But uh, we were, so we get to the fucking airport at six, right? And because Kayla wants to get there like before her mom's flight land, it's it was supposed to land at four uh, forty five. Then it got delayed at the airport a little bit. It was going to land at six. So Kayla's mom's texting her right as they're taking off. Then she's like, "Ah, it looks like they're staying closer to six fifteen, six thirty. We get there at six. Kayla placates me by getting me any Ann's pretzels. Good move, solid move, good pretzels. So I'm sitting there. We're looking at the board, just having a pretzels, looking at the flight. All of a sudden, it goes from six thirty to six forty five. I'm like. Okay, that's weird. And then as we're sitting there, it goes 645, 715, 725. Now it's saying 749. And I'm like, what is happening? So we, we find somebody from the airline. We're like, what is happening to this flight? Like, 
we were watching like it's already in the air we're watching it like get delayed and delayed and they're like oh it's circling around LaGuardia because there was some issues with other flights that made it so there were no gates available so their their plane is here but it's flying in circles because it can't even land because the landing strip is backed up so her mom's plane is actually like wheels on the ground sometime a little after eight and then on top of that we were told that her flight was landing at Terminal B. Turns out it was landing at Terminal C. And also the walking path to that terminal is closed. So now her mom lands and is waiting for us. And we have to take a shuttle bus all the way. Because, you know, the, the shuttle only loops in one direction. So we have to take a shuttle from B all the way around past A, past the marina, back out and around to D, and then to C just to get to where her mom is with her luggage and then get in the taxi line. So I completely understand the frustration that you had to go through waiting, but also at least you didn't have to do it at a fucking airport. I was so fucking mad at that airport and I'm just sitting there like, fuck you, American airlines. I hope you hear me. You fucking bitches. Anyway, well, that about does it for us. It was therapeutic to say that too. All six, seven of you that are listening. Anyway, you can follow Bob on Twitter at Bob Faggity. You can follow me at CB Poindexter. And you can follow both of us on Twitter and the Facebook machine at at small package POD. That's POD for podcast. When are we going to do a challenge where I can win back the right to say what I can't say? Got to come up with something, dude. I, it's killing me. I'll figure it out. <sighs> what if I lose? What if you go through all the trouble making the trivia and I lose and I still can't say it? Damn. Dark times ahead. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week here on a small package show. Thanks, everybody. Say goodnight, Bob. Bye.